Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Everything that we need, our God is the supplier of it all. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. We appreciate you standing. Bible says bodily exercise profiteth a little. Spiritual exercise profiteth much. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Sister Louise, if you will hand Sister Beulah that afghan and make her real comfortable here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now you're home. All right. You're surrounded by family. Praise the Lord. You know, they're just some people you can pray for, and it just doesn't seem like it matters. <laughs> I didn't mention your name. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Well, I have one question before I start in. What's comfort zone I can't remember ever being in one <laughs> well I mean anybody that you if you don't have ever been in one well then whatever they say doesn't mean anything but I don't remember the last time I was ever in a comfort zone about the time I think I'm going to get in one, <laughs> something happens. And uh, I don't ever get in it. I appreciate that anyway. Right. We're going to read from Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, and also from James. One of the uh, necessities of being a good pastor is praying for the sick and praying for the health of the congregation. Now, not only are these messages just to the pastor, but to all the fivefold ministry. And the reason we title it under the pastor is because Whatever ministry we're in while laboring in a local congregation or church, we are under the auspices of the pastor. So the majority of the responsibility, other than being mindful of the Lord as far as our ministry is concerned, is the pastor's. But while that be so, all of us with our ministry in sight realize that we are also responsible for many of these. The Apostle Paul, when he was establishing churches, of course, labored under the pastoral apostolic uh, ministry and also fulfilled his role as pastor until elders was appointed. And then, quoting the Apostle Paul, there was a lot of times when he 
desired to come into those churches that he had turned over to the elders and was not allowed in. So he could not use his apostolic authority in that phase. He had to be invited in by the pastor and given the free will to fulfill his ministry as an apostle. Otherwise than that, he could not get in. Now, while you're establishing churches, you fill the role of an apostle as well as a prophet and sometimes the evangelist and pastor and teacher and all of that until, of course, then again, why you uh, appoint elders in every church and from that eldership comes a pastor that God has ordained and appointed and then he is responsible primarily to see that every portion of the ministry in the church is fulfilled and grow. And so not only is these things talking to him, but also talking to the rest of us that are ministers of this congregation for the time, like feeding the flock. Every one of us have a portion of that, guarding the flock. Every one of us have a portion of that. And also of taking the oversight and also the pastor's call to the flock. He fulfills that role more fully than any of the rest of us. But we're going to begin tonight on praying for the sick and praying for the health of the congregation, which primarily is the responsibility of us all. We also have individuals that might come into our midst, if they're not already here, that has a ministry of praying for the sick. And it is up to us as leadership to know where they're at and when they are fulfilling that role or not. It is not always the ministry that has to fulfill that role. God gave it also to some of the congregation. But it is primarily the call of the ministry. I want to read you from Ezekiel one of the greatest challenges that there is in the Bible concerning shepherds of the sheep. It's talking, of course, to shepherds of Israel and we being an Israelitish and not a Gentile church is also speaking to us. And it begins at the 34th chapter, and I want to begin a little bit before the 4th verse. And you have to remember that Ezekiel was not only a prophet to the two and a half tribes of Judah and the ten tribes of Israel as some were, but Ezekiel was a prophet to the whole house of Israel. Some of your prophets was, like Jeremiah, was to Judah, and some of them was to the ten tribes of Israel, but Ezekiel had a prophecy that expanded to both of them. So in doing that, when we read Ezekiel, we're reading concerning God's message to backslidden Israel completely. And also coming up to the 20th century of our day to the Israelitish church. And he is recording in here 
a warning that God gave to the prophets or to the prophet Ezekiel to the whole house of Israel. And it begins in the 34th chapter. And it begins with this. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do not that do feed themselves, should not the shepherds feed the flocks. Ye eat the fat, ye clothe ye with the wool, ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty you have ruled them. And they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they become meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains on every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, Reading from one of the more ancient manuscripts, it says, Because there was no shepherd that cared, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. I will require my flock at their hand, Cause them to cease from feeding the flock, neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among the sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land, feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers, all of the inhabited places of the country. And from there on, it speaks concerning the gathering of Israel. But yet it was a challenge that far too many pastors of the flock has not taken as it should be taken. And because of that, we have individuals that have been scattered, have individuals that have been hurt, have been ruled by forth and demanded. We have individuals that are bruised and become meat for all the things that are out there that's ungodly. 
because they fed themselves and not flock. The greatest need in this day and hour is for pastors that will feed the flock of God. That will give them things that are healthy, not things they want. The greatest thing that a flock can do is eat the things that the shepherd feeds them that they might become healthy. So we're talking about, at this time, praying for those that are sick. I want to read from James the fifth chapter, and it's an old familiar scripture, and yet I feel like sometimes far too familiar. We begin at the 13th verse of that chapter. It says, Any among you afflicted, let him pray. It is not meet for us to bring all our little ills and place them upon the shoulders of leadership. We should have, it's all right to make them known, but we should have enough power of God in our own life to face and handle the little afflictions that the enemy places upon us by the power of God that is within us. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. So it says, if you are afflicted, let you pray. Any Mary, let him sing psalms. And now when it comes to, is any sick among you? Now that word... Sick means more than just headache. That means you are not only sin sick, bodily sick, mind sick, soul sick. I mean there's a malady that you cannot handle. And then it says, if any sick among him, you, let him or her call for the elders of the church, it's not left up to the elders to have ESP to know what you need and when you need it. Sometimes we can look on your face and determine that. Other times some of you are just good at covering up things. And you're trying to handle things that you cannot handle. And yet there's pride within us. Or maybe lack of faith in leadership. I leave that to you. But it says when it comes time like this and you are slipping and you are not handling those things for yourself, let him call for the elders of the church. Call for them. If you are unable to be in the house of God, call for them to come where you're at. If you are able to be in the house of God, come here where they're at and then not be ashamed to say this is beyond me I can't handle this anymore and the Bible says I am supposed to call for leadership and then it says let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Oh, thank God for salvation. 
Thank God for not just the blood of Christ, but thank God for lifting us up out of the muck and mire of our despair. That's saving the sick. That is keeping us from going down into the pits where they don't feel like there's any help at all, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. And then it goes on farther, confess your faults one to another and pray you one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then it gives Elias, a man just like all of us, and he prayed that it might not rain, and it rained. And he prayed again that it would be rain, and it rained. And he lets us know that if in his good time and his good will, God will answer prayers. Now then, the ministry must not only pray for those that are disturbed and sick, but he must contend for the health of the flock. We have to watch for certain emotions that come into life, such as envy and bitterness and hatred and malice, not only spiritually speaking, but naturally speaking, and they produce certain illnesses in the body, spiritually and naturally speaking. You have to remember that hate cannot be a part of us. Hate destroys the hater, not the hated. And Christians must have a forgiving spirit at all times. God doesn't ask us to be walked on over and over, but he does ask us to live in the realm of forget forgetfulness, forgiveness at all times. And hold no malice, no envy, no strife in their heart because it will work on us physically and it will destroy us spiritually. So you see, when you come to those places, we've all been there, where hate just almost eats you up. You can't get over it. You have reason to hate as far as flesh is concerned, but no reason as far as the Bible is concerned. And it is those times that we need to find ourselves in the house of God recognizing this is an attack of the enemy stronger than we are, stronger than the power within us, and it's going to take the whole body of Christ to release us from that. Amen. That's why we have a body. Hallelujah. That's why we have one another. It's because there are times when we just can't do it by ourselves. 
And we should not have too much pride to stand and say, it's eating me up. I can't handle it. God doesn't expect me to. I want out from under this. And it's then that you should stand and say, I need the elders to pray over me, anointing me with oil. And it says the prayer of faith. Not only from the elders or the ministers of the church, but from the complete congregation that we have become part of. Hallelujah! Something stirs within me as I begin to realize more and more the necessity of believing in one another, of trusting one another, of walking with one another day in and day out. It's the enemy's business to divide and destroy. But it is God's business to deal with us and to bring all these things that we can't handle by ourselves and bring it into the house of God, contending for the health of the flock, recognizing some problems that might exist and not being or having favoritism at all but being able to understand that these members out here that you are ministering to trust you enough to know that you wouldn't say anything or call them out for embarrassment God bring us to the place where we can just look you in the face and say you got more problems than you can handle by yourself and we want to help you and you'd be willing to say, I need that help. I have to have it. But instead, we're so proud of the Holy Ghost that's within us that we believe with the Holy Ghost. And I heard it said, with the Holy Ghost that's within us, we can handle any problem. I got news for you. No, you can't. No, you can't. Was anybody ever filled more with the Holy Ghost than Jesus Christ himself was? He was filled as full as flesh could ever be filled. And yet, when he come to the time where he had to give himself up for the world, the Bible says there had to be angels from heaven to come down and surround him and give him strength. Well, who are those angels today? The saints of the living God and the ministry of the living God that surrounds each and every one of us as we admit our faults and our failures, and we'll live a more overcoming life than ever before. Oh yes, there's nothing wrong with dragging in those doors with your hands way down here and crawling in because you've been whipped over the by the enemy and you've tried and you've struggled and it can't be. But if you would recognize 
Why you come to the house of God, not to take a seat, but to let God answer your problems and your prayers. And you walk out that door with your feet light and a shout inside of you. Because you have obeyed the scriptures. Let us help carry one another's load. Don't bother us with trivial things but you can handle yourself but don't ever be fooled with the fact that by yourself you can handle it all I can't you can't your pastor can't and even my wife can't as many things as she can handle and as understanding as she is to me and my problems, she can't handle it all. That's why. And something keeps eating away at me. And something keeps bothering me. And when I pray, I said, God, open it up. Some way, give me a revelation. Let me understand. Why are we a body of Christ? Why do we come on Sunday morning and Sunday night and on Wednesday night? Why do we gather together here? Is it only to worship you? I think not, even though we should. But it's to gain strength one for another to make tomorrow a better day than today is. And only that can come to the unity of the body of Christ and us recognize we need one another worse than we ever needed one another before. And it's not a problem. It is not a problem. And we don't need to expect God to snap His finger like this. What does God do when we are trusting in Him? What is His alternative what are we expecting out of him i'll tell you what we're expecting strength from him and strength one from another so we can handle whatever circumstances that there is there so we can give the devil a black eye and say you thought you could do it through foot but you didn't get the job done because i have saints that care and I'm not ashamed to unbear my very soul before them. Health of the flock. I sincerely believe, and if you will pardon me for saying this, I sincerely believe we are not healthy. I really do. I don't know that you can blame it all on leadership like you would like to. And leadership can't blame it all on you. But there is a coming together that yet we have not recognized. And that coming together has to realize our health and our strength comes from a united body in the name of Jesus. And we come unashamed to just unload it and say, God, here it is. I need some 
angels to surround me. Is he going to dispatch an angel from heaven? Well, that's a possibility, but I don't think so. I think what he's going to do is look out over the congregation which are angels as far as God is concerned with a message. And he's going to call them. And they with leadership is going to pray the prayer of faith. And then as we're praying the prayer of faith, if something snaps in your mind, and there is a realization of a sin unconfessed, which will happen then, you'll reach up and say, Oh, I have sinned, God. Forgive me for it and not be ashamed to say it. You don't have to say what it is. But you need to say part of the reason, not always, but part of the reason is because of this sin that has been there and I didn't even know it was there and everybody praying, God, took the cover and the blinders that the devil had put there on mine eyes. And I saw it. And I didn't like it. And I am confessing it. Hallelujah to you. Are we ashamed of one another? Are we ashamed of our weaknesses? God, help us. We ought not to be. For there is no weakness. But what God strengthened us with it. And we need to become a healthy church. A church that is not ashamed to say, I need my body. Did you realize that it is your body that fights off sicknesses in the natural? Do you realize that? It's also the body in the spiritual that fights off sicknesses. Would you like to be a healthy church? I would. I'd like to see it. And I'd like to some way for us to recognize we're not an island in ourselves. We're no way that we can be. But we must contend for the health of the church we have to teach healing. We have to do that. But we also have to guide those with gifts of healing that their ministries also might function. I believe <coughs> that there are <coughs> pardon me, certain ministries with certain gifts. But I also realize that in a healthy church, Okay, here it comes. With a healthy church, and we're praying. Not one that keeps them home, even though something inside says, I want to be there. But that which is their master says you don't need to be there. You're just fine without it. 
Have I hit a sore spot? I believe I have. And I think we have allowed it to go on. Maybe it's because we didn't think we had power enough to do it and maybe we don't. We can't if we're not healthy. If we don't believe. There's no way that you can cast out a demon if you don't believe. There's no way that it can be cast out if we come to church in a haphazard way not expecting anything to ever happen and something comes in. Saints, let me tell you something. Before we come into the house of God, we ought to be ready to match any force of the enemy that comes in that door at any time. Whether it is in a child of God filled with the Holy Ghost or somebody that doesn't have it, we ought to be ready to meet those powers. And we're not. And you want to know why? Because it's about all we can do to get ourselves together and our clothes on and get in the house of God. There's no prayer. There's no preparation. There's not worship as it ought to be. There's not accepting the Word of God as it ought to be. That's not respecting your brothers and sisters for who they really are. They might be kin in the flesh, but that don't mean anything. Are they kindred spirit through the power of the Holy Ghost? That's what matters. And because the enemy has almost choked the life out of us, we come, we're going to sing a song or two, we're going to have some testimonies, then the preacher's going to preach and God bless him if he don't stir me. I mean, if he don't touch my palate, if he don't do something, it's sure been a dead service. Oh, I long for the day. I long for the day when we can become a healthy church. I long for the day when we'll put trust and confidence in one another. I long for the day when we'll spend just a little time asking God to prepare us for what might happen in our assembly. To prepare us for an obligation to somebody that comes in and is so down and so depressed. And so labored all week. Where we can look spotted in a minute and say, This is as far as a service goes until we deal with that individual that needs dealing with. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not my notes, but it's something God dealt with me today. 
to let me understand that he cannot do healthy things with sick individuals and a sick church. A church that is splintered. A church that believes they don't need anything else. A church that is so centered on themselves and their own particular families that they can't see the need of anybody else. It is only when you're able to pray for somebody else. You've laid your family on the altar. Leave them there. And reach out to somebody that doesn't have an intercessor anywhere. You become healthy and trusting and believing. Bind up the broken hearted. Isaiah 40 and 1 I'm just going to quote a portion of that. And Isaiah speaking also says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. There's a lot of God's sheep that have been bruised and mangled and wounded. Many by tragic circumstances. Some by unfortunate relationships. Death and families, physical and emotional breakdowns. And on and on and on you could go with sheep. That have been scattered. And nobody seems to care. Sheep that have had some things in their life that have just worked on them. The leadership, pastors, and the church ought to be like the Good Samaritan. He lifts them up, pours oil in their wounds, and brings them in to the refuge Hallelujah, where there's care. Amen. He pours in the oil and the wine and understands and realizes that and says you was lost from the sheepfold and I brought you in and I'm going to take care of you until God restores you to where you ought to be. Well, Restoration is one of the hardest things and the most lacking things in the house of God today. Leadership comforts those that are troubles, gives aid to those that have been mangled by false shepherds and hirelings, and whom the cares of this life have slowly but surely eroded their faith in Almighty God and the chief shepherd in the under shepherds and in the house of God. Until he is like the cast sheep 
who has rolled over in a little ditch and can't get up by themselves. How do you know what a calf sheep is? It's one that becomes heavy with wool. Their wool has not been sheared. They haven't allowed the shears to, sheep, uh, to, to uh, shear the wool. And they roll over in a little gully. And their feet are up in the air. And they can't get out. And they will die there unless the shepherd finds them there, rolls them over, and gives them a new lease on life. God help us to find them and care about them and to roll them over. Pray concerning them. Glory. Worship the Lord a minute. I'm full tonight. I'm full tonight. Dear God, dear God, hallelujah. Leadership, pastor, prays for the flock constantly. Colossians 1.3 says this, We give thanks to God, the Apostle Paul writing, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Always for you. I pastored a lot of churches. I've been a lot of years pastoring, as well as doing other things. But there was no comfort any place, anywhere, unless I was praying for the sheep. This must have been what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said the care of all the churches was upon him daily. I begin to pray because I'm working here. I begin to pray for this church. Then my mind goes to the Apostolic Church in Rosie Claire. To community chapel in and around Pope County, to the Bird's Eye Church where I spent 12 years, to the French Lick Church, to the church where we have invited to teach, all becomes a part of a big family. Because I'm not only pastor of here. As your pastor is, that's with you all the time. Out of all these that God has placed me as an apostle over, I cannot get any release until I have laid them on the altar of God. Does that make me a superhero? No, sir. That just makes me mindful of my calling. As you should be mindful of yours, whatever it is. It's no less. It's just as great. A true shepherd. I'm closing after this. With the heart of the Lord over a flock. 
will find himself often, often practicing the prayer spoken of in Romans 8.26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. You ever see a need so great? So many things happening that you knew that in yourself you couldn't utter the right type of prayer the best you could do. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Paul says, But the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or understood. In other words, when we run out of words, when we don't know what to say, there is a move of the Holy Ghost inside of us and another tongue of Almighty God begins to deal with the needs of the congregation as we minister under the unction and anointing of the Holy Ghost. And God knows what your need is. Glory. There will be times when he desperately bears the need of people before God. He prays for them individually and collectively. When some are rebellious and indifferent, as much as he'd like to, he doesn't write them off. But Moses gave us an example of old as he bears before God a mediator and an intercessor. And he says, Oh, God, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if you will not forgive their sin, if not, blot me out of your book. What caring, what intercession, and most of us don't even know it goes on. We don't even know the half of it. Leadership doesn't serve in a professional, mechanical way, but in love and faith brings man and God together into contact with one another. That was what the apostles said that they would spend much of their time doing in the first local church. We will give ourselves continually to prayer. I know that it may not be possible, and then again it may. It is not right for somebody with that great responsibility to have to spend their time working when they should be praying and interceding. It is not right. And many times it is because that we are so close-fisted on the things we want for ourselves 
that we would rather see those suffer than us. And also, it is also a fact that many times a pastor and pastors spend money on themselves that they need not to spend. Which drives them into the workplace. Good preaching, Brother Roy. And yet, we expect to have a healthy church. We expect the preacher to be on fire. All of that. I pretty much got it made. I can study. I can pray. There was a time when I couldn't. There was a time when I had to divide myself. And I could tell I was dividing myself. Didn't want to come a time when I had to face it. You suffer, I'll suffer. We'll all suffer. And God will add too. And He did. You think about that. Okay? I'm talking about a healthy church. I'm talking about a healthy leadership. I'm talking about a healthy pastor. Okay? Because I have found this to be so. A weak prayer life is tragic among leadership. It's tragic. And if you feel like, and you maybe hear the same thing over and over, it could be because you haven't heard it. Then it could be because pastor hasn't had time to prepare a meal for you. It's a direct reason why many leaders turn to so many programs and external methods to get the needs of the people met. There is not a program in this world that can meet your needs. There is not a promotional gimmick in this world that can meet your needs. The only thing that can meet your needs is the divine Word of God by an anointed individual that's been in the Word and on their knees. And a heart and a mind of a child of God that has said, prepare my mind to engulf and ingest Word of God. Prepare it. We cannot, it's been done, turn to substitute measures to expect the Word to be what it ought to be. We cannot have those things. We have to have spiritual men who know how to live their lives of prayer and intercession 
individuals that receive divine wisdom and divine guidance from God to meet the many complex needs of the people. That's why we are called into the ministry is not to meet our needs, but to meet your needs. And until we can come trustworthy enough, one of these days I'll get through this, in one another, in leadership, and begin to say something has to be done. We've tried it this way. It hasn't worked. And it's not enough to say we have to have changes. We do. But we have to initiate them. And we have to finally decide how much are we willing to pay and suffer. That the needs of the congregation might be met. But that cannot be done until the needs of the ministry is met. Okay? I challenge you to add up this coming month all the things that you wasted that you didn't need count your cokes count your little things that you thought you needed but you didn't count those things that you didn't need and then decide whether they're more important to you than the word of God in all its fullness and if you come out with the former, you'll never have a healthy church. God bless you. All right. Praise the Lord.